This is a Media 8 production. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs and the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them about the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some of them may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius because the ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Welcome to the Crazy Ones Podcast. G'day guys, I'm batting alone again today. Mark, uh, the Mark of Hendo is, is not with us. I have the pleasure though of meeting this young lady a few weeks ago at a fuck up night, which was where I got up on stage and spoke about how many times I fucked up, which is really interesting. But at the same time is I got introduced to her as a hyperactive librarian. Actually, no, I don't think I did. I think that's what I actually called her, which was more likely. But I got Amy Walduck in the studio. G'day, Amy. Hello. How are you this morning? Welcome to the Crazy Ones podcast. Thank you. I feel like I've come home. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. We like that. (laughs) Yes. So I believe um, before we actually met in person, I did stalk you online. You did. And connected with you on several social channels. You did? Yeah. So as a librarian, I don't... uh, that's called research. Research, not stalking? Yeah, not stalking. It's okay, research. That's fine, yeah. And how does that research go? Was it good? Yeah, it was excellent. So I learned a lot about you. <laughs> oh, did you? Um, yes. So, well, you recognized who I was. I did. Um, when I showed up at because, Fuck Up Nice. Because of the stalking thing. Exactly. So the... relationship building, networking, research, <laughs> you know, that's some of my specialties. Awesome. Yeah. So I was actually a research librarian um, for the State Library of Queensland Government Research Library. There you go. So yes. a professional stalker. Professional stalker. Correct. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yep. Well, that was, that was awesome. That was the first <laughs> way we met. Exactly. The introduction was made. And then I come up to your Fuck Up Nights, gave you a hug. Exactly. And you from there, this, this got organised. So and I'm very I'm excited. Here. Yeah. And you're looking lovely too in your fruity dress. Thank you very much. It is World Pineapple Day today. Is it really? Hence it the pineapple is. earrings. Hence I saw the earlier. pineapple earrings and the fruit salad dress with pineapples. I am obsessed with pineapples. What is World Pineapple Day though? It's just a celebration of all things pineapple. Okay. That's it. Like. Just that's it. So, <laughs> and, and and is it a world thing or it's an Australian thing? It's a world thing. thing. It's a world thing. So wow. you just post pictures of pineapples. You love pineapples. You eat pineapples. Take a selfie with a pineapple. Anything that you like. Well, I don't have a pineapple here, so I'm a little bit disappointed. That's okay. I've got pineapple earrings, pineapple dress, pineapple handbags. I so actually I got... have a pineapple shirt, which I could have worn if <gasps> I had known. But it doesn't really matter because it's a podcast, not a video. Yeah. Log, so, so when no this goes really up, know. it won't be World Pineapple Day. I'll take a picture of myself in my pineapple yes. shirt to stick on the socials. Yes, there you go. Perfect. Done. Perfect. And Done. what I'll do is I'll match myself in next to you. We'll Photoshop it. Okay, right. So that it looks like we're actually standing next to each other in pineapple. pineapple. Yeah. fabulous. Which before we started this conversation, we're actually talking about a very similar thing. You do a podcast. What's that called? Uh, Turbot and Duck, the Turbot. library podcast. <laughs> So it sounds a bit gastropubby. It does, yeah. yeah. I want a, don't want a chicken palmy. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, at our future gastropub that we're already talking about doing. Nice, well done. <laughs> that, yeah, that's not serious. With but the pineapple juice. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Mm. And duck themed things. Yeah, so like you have roast duck and duck pancakes <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, so um, my uh, co host is Sally Turbot, a librarian. Okay. And I'm Amy Wool Duck. 
Hence duck. turbot and duck. See Hence what you did there? Well yes. done. Well done. So, um, yeah, it just got catchy uh, and it is a podcast targeted at librarians. So we interview uh, librarians and people who work in libraries and share their stories. Now, just because I'm me and I'm pretty honest and blunt about yeah, everything, yeah. that sounds like the most batshit boring thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Absolutely. However, yep. since I've met you, I actually don't think it would be. No. Because that's where the hyperactive thing yeah. comes in. Because I'm very similar. So, yeah, no, that, that, that's awesome. So what do we talk about on Turbot and Duck for the librarians? Well, uh, we like to interview people who are doing interesting things in libraries because I'm probably sure that you and everyone listening – a lot of people have an idea that libraries are, you know, still based in the 70s and they're shush places and, yeah, no I noise. That my whole life, shh, yep. or get out. <laughs> One of the two. Yeah, they tell that. that to me a lot and I work there. <laughs> so, um, yes, there's actually people doing amazing things in libraries. Um, we had a fantastic uh, guest from New Zealand, a librarian, children's librarian who works with dyslexic children and wow. how to um, get them into reading and loving reading. So there, there are some things that you can do in terms of choosing reading material for dyslexic children and people with dyslexia. There's four um, tips on what to look for in the publishing of a book or if you're using an e-reader, how you can adjust the settings oh, wow. on them. Yeah. So I suppose with e-reader, you don't think about this stuff, do you? Exactly. And with yeah. dyslexia, is that where the words are back to front? Well, there's all sorts of different types of dyslexia. So um, you can have dyslexia where it like jumps all over the page. It can like wiggle. It can, the letters can all switch up. It can have a wave in it. There's so different sorts. Can you make like a, an app or an ebook or something that does what your dyslexia does to straighten <laughs> like, it? Well, not, not really. Well, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. So basically... Um, now, I'm not the expert. Let's say you should listen to our episode um, on that. We will do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put up the link where the that is. Yeah, we'll yep, do that. Great. Um, so basically dyslexia makes the brain work really hard. So it's because everything's moving around and jiggling or whatever it happens to do, your brain has to work really hard. So if you're looking for strategies to minimise that, then you need to um, minimise what's on the page and make it a lot clearer. So any crazy, wiggly, cool fonts, you know, with extra bits that yeah. are extra twirly are bad. Oh, wow. You yeah. don't even think about that I know. Stuff. And graphic awesome. designers don't think about that stuff. Web designers mm. don't think about that stuff. Um, it should be left justified. And what that means is um, it should um, be hard on the left of the page. But you know how you um, justify it so that all the, all the words spread out to the far edge? Yep. Don't do that. Oh, okay. Don't do that. So leave the words as they are with the random spaces at the end yep. of the, yeah because that's the way they yeah yeah that's the way it works so um and also a uh, 1.5 line spacing i believe is optimal for most people so there you go yeah so there's some really basic things you can listen to the episode and get some great tips but we'll that. that's just one example of um you know real librarians who are in libraries with people all day every day who are making huge differences to people's lives Wow, so it's just not that grumpy old woman at the front telling everyone no. to shush. We're actually doing some cool stuff. Yeah, we are doing cool stuff. Our, our latest um, episode was with Sarah Howard from uh, – she's a librarian at Queensland University of Technology in Brisbane. She uh, was on a special project for a year working on augmented reality and virtual reality nice. for libraries. So she was um, looking at creating content, how people consume it, what's the need. So in um, – 
universities, students learning things like virtual uh, operations or surgery or virtual law courts, um, mine sites. So wow. you're wanting to do an induction to a mine site. Yep. Yeah. Um, a virtual All space. through the library. Yeah, through the library because uh, librarians are awesome. Yeah. And uh, we love information. That's all it is really, isn't it? It's just a bank of information, yeah. whereas we see it as all these books and stuff like that. It is just information. Yeah. It's interesting when we talk about dyslexia because one of my heroes in life, Richard Branson, is yep. a dyslexic. Exactly, famous dyslexic. And there, there's lots of them out there a when lot. you when you, when you you look <laughs> at it. It's, it's unbelievable. It would be really interesting. I don't know if they told you any figures on – on how many people are dyslexic in society. Did they mention that at all? No. Well, be, well we might have. That was a while ago. <laughs> It'd be interesting to know, though, because obviously with the people, we, we, we're a media company. We build yep. websites. We do all this sort of stuff. So yep. it'd be really interesting to see how much of the population has no idea what we're writing. Yeah, exactly. Or that, you know, wow. they go to your website, they have a look, and there's just it's too busy. They can't right. do it, so they go away. You know? That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So it really My does apply. I know, exactly. <laughs> yes. And what um we actually did with Herbert and Duck with our um, you know, our Insta posts and things like that, we actually rejigged them. So we were using a fancy font. Yeah. And um, so we actually went back to using a really simple font. Um, we left justify things after that interview. It was such an interesting discussion. We thought, well, you know, it's not really worth having this discussion and then doing nothing about it. So, yeah, so we went and looked at our own materials and tried to make them better. Now, it's not 100% um, for every person. There's a lot of different different types of dyslexia, different things work for different people. Um, But we we made an effort to make within our control as best we could. So that's awesome. Yeah. So tell me how this all came about because we were talking before we come on air about Sally. Sally, yeah. So, Sally lives just north of Newcastle, but north of yeah, Sydney. North of Sydney, yep. Yeah. And you're up here, and hence yep. we're the joining together because you're telling yep. me how you do your podcast and she does it, then you join it together. Yep. That's really cool. But um, how did this relationship start? Where where did the whole turbot and duck thing happen? Well, it's interesting actually. Sally and I met at a librarian conference. Hey. So <laughs> you can imagine the fun. <laughs> Um, we met at a conference. They were looking for volunteers to run the next conference. We both signed up because actually probably the reason we both signed up is we thought we can do better than this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we both signed up. We joined a volunteer committee. Um, we went on a two-year journey where we organised uh, a national conference for librarians that was in Canberra last year in 2017. How many people went? Um, we had just over 200 people. We were at capacity. We actually sold out. So we had to stop ticket sales. So it was targeted at um, new graduate and student librarians. So it's a very niche conference for people new to the industry. Okay. Um, and the conference that was run bef- the two years before that, the last one actually um, wasn't as successful as it could be. And we thought, <laughs> well, we can do better. So, yeah, so we sold out. We had to stop ticket sales and our we were that was our capacity at the venue was. That's awesome. Yeah. We hit capacity. Yeah, we hit capacity. Um, we built a really big social media following. How we, big? well, I mean, in librarian land. How big? Like we had over a thousand Twitter followers. That's huge. I know. <laughs> I didn't know there was a thousand librarians out there. Yeah, of course. Actually, Twitter's really huge with librarians. Okay. Huge. So uh, in America, it's not unusual for librarians to have over 10,000 followers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This new craze. Well, it's not a new craze. Follow your local it's librarian. Just- <laughs> 
Exactly. It's because you got to think librarians are information people. Right. Twitter's an information sharing platform. So it's different to Instagram. It's more visual. Yep. Not quite as big a thing with librarians because they are sort of you know, introverted and like to hide. So think Most visual. Of them. Fi- yeah, not me. <laughs> You can follow me at Amy Walduck. <laughs> Amy Walduck, throw it in there, why not? Um, yeah, so it's a different platform, but Twitter is huge. And actually, here's a bit of a side thing. Yeah. I hate social media managers that never talk about Twitter. They're just like, I'm a social media manager and I do Facebook and Instagram. Hello, there are more channels than that. Wow. And depending on what industry you're looking to target, you need to know them all. So, t- a social media manager. Oh, they're the people that like post on Instagram for you. You can pay them to do your social stuff. So LinkedIn, Twitter, oh. Snapchat. There you go. Yeah. I get people to help me write stuff, but I don't let them yeah, post. Yeah, so you're like content. You yeah, get yeah, them content. to do content. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, they actually post on your behalf. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Didn't know they existed. There you go. There's a business opportunity. Yes. Well, there's a lot of them on the Gold Coast. What's that? Business opportunities or? Uh, social media managers. There you go. Or both. <laughs> or even. both. Yes. Well, it is the small business capital of Australia. The, Gold the Coast. world, we like of to the say. the world. Yeah, let's yes. throw that out there. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I was actually at GC Hub this morning, which yep. is the new facility that just got here at, on the Gold Coast at Rabina. Yep. And walked through there. It's unbelievable. Yep. The size of the place. Three stories high. Yep. and. I think it's about 2,000 square metres of space yep. that they're actually doing, a big conference. And we're going to put a podcast studio in there, which is really exciting. So awesome. I will mm. definitely be visiting. So when will it be open? Uh, I think she said about a month. Ooh. So, yeah, they're just starting all the building works and stuff in coming Fantastic. weeks. And Yeah, it's pretty cool. So Yeah, so really I was actually there last week. Did, oh, you did, did the it, tour. Did the tour um, because, um, you know, libraries are integral, I believe, from my perspective, to yeah. the entrepreneurial ecosystem. 100%. Yeah, because we are people that find information for you. If you uh, if you don't know who your market is, if you don't know who else is doing what you do, if, if you need to find something out, you need a librarian. <laughs> that's what yeah, we do. That's, that's fair call. Yeah. So you're like the human Google. Um, better than Google. Better than Google. Better than Google. Like so Netscape. I've got a personality. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Not like Siri. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, uh, so yeah. what makes you become, why did you become a librarian? Well, interestingly, I was a music teacher before I was a librarian. that? Yeah. Yeah. What uh, instrument? Saxophone. There you go. Yeah. So I'm really big into musical theatre. I can pick that too. Yes. Um, so I used to play a lot of musical theatre and my specialty was what they call doubling. So saxophones, clarinets, flutes, all in the one show. Oh, wow. So it's not unusual to have talented six instruments going on the one show. So that was my specialty, yes. And why did we stop that? Um, well, Amy was a music teacher and a qualified high school teacher, by the way. Yeah, yeah and Amy got bored. Um, <laughs> I love the way you speak about yourself in the third person. And Amy got bored. Amy got bored. <laughs> so Amy was bouncing around, you know, the classroom, singing and clapping and, you know, playing instruments all day. But uh, I wasn't getting challenged. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm one of those people with too many degrees. So during that time I was bored. So I went back and I got my master's in music. So I've got a master's in the saxophone playing. Wow. It's my favourite instrument too. It's the cool one. At my uh, at my wedding, a friend of mine played the saxophone, loved me tender as my uh-huh. wife walked down the aisle. There you go. Yeah, so it's a, it a very big place in my heart, the saxophone. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I was a music teacher and I was bored. And I just kind of, I don't know, I got this crazy idea that I'm going to become a librarian. And everyone thought I was nutso. They, what? Why? How do you become a librarian? It's actually a, a degree qualified 
positions. So, okay. so you go back to uni? You go back to uni. So you can do it as a, a bachelor's, as an mm-hmm. undergrad, or you can do it as a postgrad degree. So you can do like minimum graduate dip, which is 12 months full time. Oh, okay. Or a master's, which is 18 months, depending on the course you do to be qualified. Now, we do have people who work in libraries who don't have the degree and they're at a lower level, library assistant that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I decided to become a librarian probably because I had really positive experiences in libraries um, throughout my childhood. Well, studying and stuff as well, yeah. Yeah, so um, during my uni studies, I spent a lot of time in the music library at the uh-huh. conservatorium where not many other people ever went, <laughs> uh, which was great because I had the place. space to myself. <laughs> so, and the State Library of Queensland has a fantastic music collection that you could actually borrow. So they wow. have thousands and thousands of music, sheet music that you can go and borrow, which is like unheard of really. Wow. And so I used to go and wade through there um, in my, you know, when I was 18 uni and find all this old cheap music that nobody played forever and go to my lessons and tell my teacher I'm gonna play this and he would say I've never heard of it and I, I don't care I'm gonna play it so uh, I never really followed you don't really seem like that type of rebellious type of person <laughs> I know. yeah I never followed the rules so yeah so I spent all this time in libraries as a younger person with positive experiences and I guess I see libraries as part of the educational and arts and culture you know, they're all mixed up in yeah. that. We got a little bit of that in there. So I guess it was um, an interesting decision. But yeah. libraries are actually really diverse. You know, you can. You but a lot of people don't know that. Exactly. Like yeah. I find it interesting. You had your your conference about the um, with the graduates and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when I was at school, this is a long time ago. Yeah. Last thing on my mind was I'm going to become a librarian. Yeah. And I don't think anyone I know like trying to think really hard that ever became a librarian. Yeah. It's actually a really big second, third, fourth career option for people. Um, The average age of our industry is something like 50 or 55. Like that's the average age of our work. So it's an older workforce and people um, tend to enter it older. So That's really cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's, It's everybody who works in libraries has a crazy background. Yeah. We have zoologists, we have physiotherapists, we have marketing managers, lawyers, music teachers. Lots of smart people. Really diverse. So, you know, next time you go to your local library, just ha- have a think about it and well, think. See, that's the mm. other thing. I'm just trying to remember the last time I went into a library. Well, you now, should go join with technology, like why do I need a library if I've got my computer, my iPad, my phone, my watch, everything where I can just literally at the push of a button, get the information that I require. Yep. Well, two things I have to say about that is yeah. we do have our digital libraries, so you can get ebooks. Yeah, my wife does that for the kids. Yep. So you can do all that for free. Like, why pay for it? Yeah, exactly. If you get it for free, like, it's free. <laughs> and are there audio books there too? Audio books, e-books. Oh. Um, you can listen or you can read magazines, download magazines as well. They're really high quality. You can um, browse them as many as you want. Yeah. You know, you know, like magazines, people pay like 12, 15 bucks for it and they flip through it and they don't even read it. Exactly. They flip. I mean, really? That's nuts. <laughs> That's nuts. Waste of money. <laughs> Get the app, download as many as you want, read it. Um, you can also read newspapers from all over the world. Um, there's a product called Press Reader where yep. it's visual um, digital newspapers from all over the world. Wow. So other languages, if you speak another language or you're wanting to do research for your business, you can put a keyword search in there, see where, you know, your business name, if you do international business, if it's appeared in newspapers over there 
all sorts of stuff. Now, the other part is you, my friend, are, you know, a nice white guy with privileges. A nice white guy. Let's let's, yeah. let's get racist. That's <laughs> fine. I can go there. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, so yeah. there are a lot of people who can't afford to pay for Wi-Fi. They can't afford to buy an iPad. They can't afford to buy a laptop. They can't afford to buy an iWatch. You know, they've all these things. Um, and or perhaps it's not been in their culture to visit libraries yeah. or read books or a study. All these things, different cultures. So we've grown up in, you know, in Australia, which is a very privileged country mostly. Indeed, indeed. Schools have libraries. We just expect it. Um, there's a lot of people out there who cannot um, afford to just, you know, tap on their iPad and download pay $15 for a book or yeah. $6 for a book every time. So Very libraries cool. are there for all those people. Also, um, if you have a small business, we have free Wi-Fi, we have PowerPoints, we have air conditioning, looking to get out of the house. <laughs> Who needs an office? <laughs> Who needs an office? And is that okay to do that if you're a small business? Totally. Absolutely. That's so what libraries are up, for. Yep. Flash your library card. Don't even need to flash it. You just walk in. And then just walk in, sit down and get on with your business. Get on with your business. Yeah. That's really interesting. So do you have many people in the libraries on the Gold Coast that actually run their business from a library? Yeah, absolutely. Um, libraries worldwide know that there are people who d- mostly small businesses or, um, you know, wandering workers. So people yeah. who, you know, um, travel. Instead of Sales using reps. co-working spaces, they go and use the library. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're just in a city for half a day or you've got a meeting down the road or something, it's free. You drop in, you know, you check your emails, whatever. It's a great resource. Absolutely. It's not sold like that though, is it? No, it's not sold. That's the other thing. Libraries don't do marketing very well. Yeah, they need to. We library, actually, the original co-working space. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Know, hey? Come we up don't with have budgets. Myself. Libraries don't have budgets for marketing. Oh, okay. We don't have budgets for it. And you've also got to remember that libraries are generally part of a government. So a local government or a state government or a federal government. Yeah. So they're within a very rigid structure. Yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, they don't have the creativity and freedom to do what they like as, you know, a, a separate. So do you work full-time now as a librarian in a library on the Gold Coast? I don't work in a library. I work across the whole library service. So I'm not okay. based in one. So I sort of travel around and do all sorts of things all over the coast, um, you know, making partnerships, getting out there, networking, doing some outreach opportunities. That sort That's of great. thing. And do you find that your podcasting and, and your social media stuff helps with all that stuff? I actually do. So I think that, uh, you know, marketing and branding and all that stuff replies, applies to everybody, no matter what they do. Um, so we talked about my pineapples before. Your pineapples, yeah. pineapples is my personal brand. <laughs> and um, people remember me because of it. Yes. Um, and they know who I am because I'm quirky and loud, so I'm very memorable. I find Joyous, we like to call it. Oh, that. joyous. That's yeah. lovely. You're yeah. <laughs> um, it really helps people to remember and break that ice as well. You know, yes. I walk up and say, I'm a librarian, and a lot of people go, ah. <laughs> You know. I wonder why that is because, like, you look at the, where that stigma comes from. Yep. Is it just because of that whole shh yep. thing? It yep. is, isn't it? It's it really is. weird. Yep, because libraries used to be quiet place yeah. and you had to be quiet. And Are they still now in a lot of cases? It depends. It does depend. A lot of cases, yes, they are quiet places. It is, like, if you think about it, I guess it is one of the only quiet places left. Yeah, it's a good call. Shopping centre, loud. 
Cafes, loud. Everywhere's loud. Everywhere's really. loud. So it's, you know, the respite from that loudness. Also, um, people are studying. People are, you know, working on their business. You know, the stuff that people do in there generally is quiet. We do have noisy things like, uh, have you have you ever been in a library when we have uh, toddler time or baby rhyme time? Yes. Noisy! Hence the reason why I haven't been to a library in a very <laughs> long time. <laughs> of kids every thousands and thousands across Australia that go every day to a library for uh you know an experience of reading and literacy with their parent and socialization of toddlers and And that's what it is now it's not just going to borrow a book it's actually a complete experience now isn't it and that's the bit I want to go into I want to get an understanding from you because this whole show is about the crazy ones about the entrepreneurs and Mm -hmm. about then people building businesses and we had yep. Steve Baxter on here who's talking yep. about flying cars and investment opportunities and all that sort of stuff. So how can the library be seen differently by an entrepreneur? Well, that is a tough one. And, um, you know, we, we try our best on social channels and things to put up posts and stuff, but really that's not going to get anywhere. Well, it's not going to get anywhere if no one's I following know. the library. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is where the networking and the relationship building you know, comes in. So, you know, I'm on your podcast right now talking about libraries. How cool is that? I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's yeah. true. It's yeah. true. It's getting out there and having that You've chat. You've got to get out and have that chat. And is that because of you or is that because of the, the foresight of the council to actually then say, hey, we need to look broader, we need to network, we need to do that? Or is this something you've gone, hey, you guys need to do this and you need me to do it, so I'm going to go and do that? Yeah, we're going to go both. Se- bit of both, mostly me. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly and that's me. a great yeah. thing. Yeah. So um, before I worked down on the Gold Coast and lived down here, I was at the State Library of Queensland and they actually have a free co-working space called the Business Studio Didn't up know there. That. Where's that? It's at South Bank. Yes. So it's part of the State Library. So if you've been to Goma or yeah. Queensland Art Gallery, it's right next door. Wow. Didn't know that. that. Yeah. So it's a free co-working space with high-speed Wi-Fi. Um, they do... Um, fortnightly lunchbox learning sessions with people, you know, different entrepreneurs. They have a really fantastic uh, business book collection, yep. you know, because entrepreneurs are generally big readers because they, they want information on, you know, all who's listeners. doing what. Yeah, all listeners, yeah. Mm. Um, you know, who's doing what? How can I do that? How can I learn from that? Um, they also have a research service, which is free. So if you want some research done, they can do it for you. So I worked on that and I was actually part of the team that launched that project in Brisbane. And we uh, had a partnership with Little Tokyo 2 and Jock Fairweather in partnership. So they provided mentors, um, entrepreneurs in residence as well most days. My mission in life is to get an entrepreneur in residence in every school in the country. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to work with the librarians and all the other people that have all this knowledge and this education and then actually be able to sit at the back of the classroom and then someone says, well, how would I use that in real life? Yep. And the entrepreneur in residence, like a chappie they do in schools and yep. stuff, was actually then tell them how they could actually use this in real life. Yep. But also the stuff they're never going to use go, oi, no, nah, never going to use that. <laughs> I don't think that bit will happen, but that's, that's our mission is to get yeah. to that point. Yeah, as, as an ex-teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but would you, that's a yeah. really good question actually. As an ex-teacher, would you find it interesting to have an entrepreneur in residence in a school that can assist the kids with the way or what they've been taught of how to use that in real life? Yeah, absolutely. There are schools doing amazing things with entrepreneurial programs, you know, and usually what they are is some sort of really focused couple of days Mm -hmm. 
you know, and so they come in and they do this awesome thing. And I've Australian actually, Business Week. I yeah. that, that's that's that program as well. Yep. So there's heaps of them around around the country. Um, and I've actually been in on a judging panel for for some of them. You know, so I've seen what the you know thirteen year olds and fourteen year olds yeah. come up with. Um, and they're coming up with amazing things, and and that's fantastic. But it's a two day thing. Yes. And then kind of it quits because then they go and do sport and they go and do whatever they do. All the exactly. other things they get in the way. So uh, the schools that who are, are doing really great stuff are the ones that have you know like clubs and things that go year round. Mm-hmm. And um, Somerset here on the Gold Coast has an entrepreneurial festival yep. every year. So it's part of their culture to do that sort of stuff. But that tends to be in very specific schools, yeah. either where they have money. Or they have, uh, you know, a member of faculty who's really, really interested and just pushes that. Um, but then devil's advocate, teachers already have a bazillion things to do in schools. You know, schools have all these rules and stuff already to follow. Like yeah. you're just filling up the curriculum. Like what do you take in? What do you take out? It's really hard. Because as a music teacher, a lot of people be like, well, that's a bunch of crap. Take that out. You know, the music bit, <laughs> the music bit yeah, or the arts bit, or see, the dance some bit, of the or the drama. Important pieces. Yeah, and my, my daughter's on a performing arts tour in Melbourne at the moment. My youngest daughter, she's just turned fourteen yesterday, and uh, she's down there. And, and we were like really nervous, like we're sending our daughter. But she does. She's similar to yourself. She plays the trumpet. She plays all these instruments. She yeah. dances. She sings. Does all that sort of stuff. And we've given her an opportunity to go away with the school. There was 28 of them. And yesterday they performed in uh, Federation Square in Melbourne. Yep, yep. And, like, one of the best experiences of your life. Yep. And, like, imagine if you took that out of school. Like, she's not um, an academic kid. Yep. She learns differently than what my other daughter does, for instance. Yep. But um, if you took that away, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, it would be terrible. Yeah, you can't it, do that. Re- yeah, there's different learners, as you say, but also uh, – Like I was a smart kid at school, you know, I did all the maths and logic and all sorts of stuff, but I also did music and I would have been bored stupid if if I didn't have that, you know, it was just, it would have been such a waste of time for me and I'm sure I would have been so bored I would have, you know, just, I don't know, tuned (laughs) out completely or I don't know what would have happened if I didn't have that. ADD. Yeah. (laughs) All right, I got it too. It's all fine. I call it curiosity. Curiosity. Yeah, yeah. it didn't really kill the cat. Yes. <laughs> um, so what's next for you? Because obviously you've got an entrepreneurial mind. That that was the thing I found when we even just had our five-minute chat when mm-hmm. I first met you is the fact that you were just so interested in absorbing information, yeah? Yep. And I'm, I'm, I'm similar in a way that I absorb it a little bit differently because I've never been an academic type person, but I see stuff differently than most people mm-hmm. and I act upon it. Yep. Whereas a lot of people see it and then don't act upon it at all and just go, oh, that would have been cool. And then when that goes and makes a billion dollars, they sit there and go, oh, I could have done that. Yes. Could have done that, but could I didn't. Have, didn't. So what we do is we have a crack at stuff yep. and that's the way my entrepreneurialism comes comes across and that's what I do and how I can help people and do all that sort of stuff. So where's your head sitting now? You're, you're a librarian. You're obviously very good at what you do. You look great in pineapples. Thanks. <laughs> what um, is music over now? Have we packed up the uh, the – the, the instruments and put them back in the cupboard or is that going to come back or what's next? I think a musician is always a musician. Mm-hmm. You know, they they are. Um, and I've definitely gone through periods previously in my life where I've had six months or a year off and I just haven't been inspired to do it. 
I think that's really what it is. And I've been really busy, as you said, entrepreneurial mind. Yeah. In the last year or so in particular, I have been doing so much in my sort of librarian space, being entrepreneurial or entrepreneurial. Yes. Um, like so occupied and passionate about that and using my creativity in other ways. So I think the music will definitely always be there, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, because it is a way to express my creativity and, um, I'm sure it will come back. And I always have secret obsessions to do things. Oh, okay. Like what? Like what? Do share. Well, um, you know, like I know a lot of people in the music field I, I know composers and things like I want to commission you know symphonies for myself and have the orchestras play it with me as a soloist and things wow. like that yeah Amy Waldock the musical yes oh yeah hey, love that mm. okay yeah see I just went quiet when I go quiet you know there's something <laughs> <Something's> <laughs> <laughs> I was interested. We had uh, one of the ten tenors in here a couple of weeks yeah. ago, and uh, it was amazing. Just because he's just a dude, right? And if you walk past him in the street, he's got his boardies and his t-shirt on and all that sort of stuff. And then we turned the TV on and we and we flicked over to um, to him singing, yeah. and it was just like, really? <laughs> yeah. And it was it was unbelievable because yep. once you put him in a situation that where he becomes him. Yep. It's, it's unbelievable. And then he goes off stage and he becomes Scotty again. You yep. know what I mean? It's like, yep. it's one of those things. And I think you'd be very similar. You, yeah. You're very, you're very uh, boisterous and, and, and loud. But I think once you got into that zone, yep. it'd just all be from the instrument. And you make yep. the instruments talk. I'd love to hear play. That'd be awesome. Ah, well, stay tuned. I want to I I I come and see the musical. <laughs> Amy Waldock, the musical. You heard it here first. Starring Amy Waldock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, I think... For me, um, having a background as a performer really helps. And I think in an entrepreneurial way as well, because as an entrepreneur, you have to learn to promote yourself. You know, you have to. You can't just expect that you're going to do something awesome and somebody's going to magically know and show up and go, hey, I heard through the grapevine something amazing. (laughs) I'll have a thousand of those. Thanks. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You have to promote yourself. Um, And so from an early age, I was surrounded by people who, you know, in the very early early days of Facebook were making Facebook pages for themselves and, and all this sort of thing, promoting themselves, networking in the arts industry is the only way you get work. Very true. So... I sort of grew up doing that and then when I moved into libraries, it was not a thing, but I did it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Just and which is good. And naturally, now you're dragging the librarians along with yeah. you. Yeah, and there are some really fantastic librarians around the world, you know, that are just like me or similar to me or, um, you know, amazing in what they're doing in their own way. Uh, we just, you know, as an industry, we suck at telling anybody about it. We yeah. suck at telling. You suck at the marketing bit. We suck at it. Mm. Yep, we really do. And if there are any, uh, you know, huge marketing companies out there who want to, you know, Back pro bono, you know, like do some stuff for free, yeah. <laughs> please do. No harm in asking. <laughs> because uh, libraries just don't have that capability within what they do. So, yeah. So, being the librarian, is that the end goal? Oh, there's never an end goal for me. Is there a goal? Yeah, I am someone who embraces opportunities. Love that. So, um, uh, 2017 was my year of this quote, and the quote um, is, don't make life plans, embrace opportunities. 
Yeah, cool. Yeah, so that was my year of that's what I'm living by and every time somebody asks me what my goal or my plan <laughs> is, that's what they get. And that, that was seven. That was last year. What's that was this year? last year's? year. Um, I couldn't come up with one for this year. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I tried Just really hard. Just continue last year's? Yeah. Yeah. I always find that when you make news resolutions or something, they never happen. Exactly. Yeah. I just have I have simple philosophies, and I, I explained that at that uh, that event you saw yep. me at. Yep. And I found it quite funny because there's probably three or four of them that we sort of live by. And the big one, first one is "Don't be a dick," and, and then mm-hmm. at the end when they did the panel, <laughs> the big tapestry of "Don't be a dick" was be at the dick. back. I love it. Yeah. That's um. Yeah. I actually I've done some social media lectures and stuff for librarian students, which. Mm-hmm. So exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when I've talked about social media, my one rule for social media is don't be a dick. There you go. That's the, the, hey, I mean, it didn't really theme. go over that well with the student librarians, <laughs> to be honest. There was crickets, but <laughs> they didn't really get it. But that's my rule for social media. That's it's true. like, you know, don't post nude photos. Don't swear. Don't be a troll. Like, you know. If you don't want your grandma to see it, yeah. don't do it. Don't be mean. Don't be a dick. Exactly. That's all it is, you know. It's funny. I was reading an article this morning. It was at the GC Hub, and it said the rules of the place. And it yep. says, like, um, don't be an ass. It says this. And it says, swearing are only words. Yep. And I just thought, oh, I love yep. that. Because a lot of places <laughs> you're not allowed to swear. Most yep. of the stuff that comes out of my mouth is, is normally followed by this and that. And beep, yep. beep, beep. That's why, that's why I created my own podcast, because then no one can beat me out. Yes, for sure. Because otherwise it would be, uh, yeah, it could be an interesting half an hour, an hour. <laughs> So, from an entrepreneurial point of view, what's next? Are you gonna? Are you doing? Got some side hustle going on? Yeah, I'm always doing a side. Well, not always. Yeah, I'm always doing a side yeah. hustle. So, um, I guess for me, I've got lots of skills that I think will apply. I'm just trying to find a way to to make it work for me. So, there's lots okay. of stuff I'm interested in doing. Yeah. Um, I'm involved with the. Uh, you know, Gold Coast Girls in Business group, which is uh, which is a sexist group because it doesn't allow males in it. Oh, but, but let's there is not a boy there. version of it. Yeah, but that's sexist too. Let's just yeah, join all together and hold true. hands and sing Kumbaya. Yeah, okay, cool. That's cool. <laughs> but see, what I see is ten thousand plus potential customers. Yeah, good, good vision. <laughs> yeah, Love it. yeah, that's yeah. what you see from there. And um, I guess it's just. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what's next, but there'll be something on the horizon. I'm sure there will be. Yeah. Well, you know what? You've inspired me to go to a library. <gasps> oh, I hope so. Yeah, and, and my kids go all the time and do all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I didn't realize I could get like Audible books as yep. well. Yep. And are they good ones? Are they like new ones? Yeah, of course. So now I can cancel my Amazon subscription yeah, and just get a library. One. Yes. Also, what I would like to say is, if the library, whichever library you is your local library, yeah. if they don't have what you want to listen to, tell them so they can buy it. Oh, really? Yes. There you go. Yes. Didn't know that either. Yes, because libraries sort of work on two, you know, stats that they have to report on. How many things did we loan and how many people came in? Okay. So if we don't have the books that people want to borrow, we're doing a bad job. And you're finding that the numbers are going down or up of people going in compared to the online bit? Is it sort of starting to measure itself out now? Yeah, I think it definitely... um, the online stuff is growing because yeah. people are coming, becoming more familiar with it of how to use it, um, and and what is available for libraries to purchase is getting it better as well. So that's the other thing you need to remember is um, not all stuff is available for libraries to buy. Why is that? Well, it comes down to you know licensing and subscriptions and whether. Publishers, for example, see the value in giving it to libraries. Okay. Some places want to sell to individuals, um, but 
you know. So my new book I'm about to release yep. comes out very soon called Embrace the Fail. Mm-hmm. And we're also, we've just done a deal now where a lot of my my other podcast, Awesome Humans, yep. we're going to convert that into a book as well. Oh, so awesome. we can tell all these people's stories. So yep. looking really forward to that one. But how do I get that as a self-published author yeah. into a library? Does that work? That is a tough one. It's yep. a really tough one. Um, Generally, the answer is no. Really? Generally. See, we need to change that. <laughs> Absolutely. The, can, can I say that a lot of self-published books are crap? Yeah. You, yeah, you can like say that. Mine's are, not, but you can say yeah, that. Yeah, I know, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. They're, they're really there not real good. Books out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there needs to be some sort of policy on that of what it means is that our collection librarians, the people in charge of buying stuff, have to actually review the material okay. and make sure it's of a certain standard to go into the collection. There's some really shit books that are published as well. Oh, no, I agree. For sure. And are there rules around what books you can have? Like my favourite book, and I say this in every podcast, is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah, we have that. It's in the library. Yeah, we have two copies because I, ma- I managed to put two copies of the same book on hold. Okay. You have a look at my book on Instagram. I'm like holding two copies of it going, yay! <laughs> and did you like the book? <laughs> um, interestingly, I first started listening to that book as uh, like an audio book yep. and the author read it. And he's like a really blokey bloke. Yes. So the voice in my head did not match me. (laughs) I was like, this is like, because, you know, it's really quite a personal book. As in, you know, you know, your view of the world and how you take things. So I had this like dude in my head (laughs) telling me things and I couldn't do it. So then I had to go back to the print book so that as I read it, it's my voice in my Uh, head. Because there's another one that's, I think it's nearly the exact same story called um, I Don't Give a Shit or something like that, yeah. which is from a lady. That, yes. But when you look at the the same story, it's the same story across yeah. multiple things, just told differently. Yeah. So as storytelling mostly is, yeah. it's the whole once upon a time and then this happened, then this <laughs> happened, and then we all end up happily ever after. But, but yeah, no, and that, that's a woman's voice. So maybe you should listen to that one. Yes, absolutely. It's But it's an interesting um, to think of that's, a lot of people go, oh, I hated that book. Well, did you actually hate the book or did or you? just hate the dude reading yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hate That's the dude reading call. it? Mm-mm. Well, I've learned lots. I'm a privileged white guy. <laughs> Love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I also learned the fact that libraries are, are there and have stuff that's probably really yep. good for me as an entrepreneur. Yep. Um, I've learned that you're amazing. Oh, thanks. And that I'm going to actually listen to your library podcast ah, and we'll stick that up there as well. Looking forward awesome. to that. Awesome, yeah. Um, anything we can do at all to help you out, please come to us and let us know because we're here to help as many people as we can become entrepreneurs or help in that entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial experience. And it's a shame Mark couldn't join us today because mm. at the Mark of Hendo has a whole library in his house. He actually hugs his books. Oh. He's a bit of a book hugger, which scares me a little bit, but that's fine. When you meet him, you'll understand so why. He's, he's got a house full of books. He's got like a big wall full of books. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm a librarian and I have like 10 books at home and that's it. Yeah, I probably have about four. Yeah, because I'm like, well, I, I read a lot, but they're at the library. Like the you library keeps my books for me. Exactly. You know, because otherwise. So you actually have thousands of books, I have not just millions four. of books. <laughs> millions. <laughs> Well, Amy, thanks so much for coming to join me today. I really, really enjoyed this experience. And let's try and hook up and um, do some more stuff in the libraries. Yeah, sounds awesome. Actually, hook up in the libraries is probably where I went That's first another at the start podcast of this episode, thing. man. Because um, <laughs> one of the things that you always see on telly is like all these people hooking up in libraries. Is that real? The people hook up in libraries? Yeah. They do. Do you catch them on CCTV and stuff? Sometimes. Really? Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, that's a whole other. Do you want me to go into let's that? Let's go there. Oh, let's go there. Okay. So, yeah, people do a lot of dirty stuff in libraries. Oh, do I um, want to? 
<laughs> they do because they... Do they realise there's cameras? They think that it's like this secret hidden place. Mm. You know, like nobody goes there. It's quiet. Well, actually, people do go there and they do see you. Um, mm. Also, um, there... <laughs> I don't think I want to know that one. There is a, a hashtag predominantly used on Twitter amongst the librarian crowd mm. called hashtag code brown. Code oh, oh. Which refers to poo. <laughs> okay. Um, and it seems that a lot of people like to poo in the library. <laughs> Glad we went here. <laughs> and who um who's what type of person poos in the library? Um, all sorts of people. Oh, okay. All sorts of people. People you wouldn't think would actually poo in yeah, the library. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah, so there was um a I mean, there's lots of different, like obviously kids, it's a, one, a whole different thing, but yeah, then yeah. you've got a lot of, you know, people who are perhaps mentally unstable, yeah, yeah. different sorts of disability issues, all kinds of people come to the library. So there's a difference between, you know, accidental or expected in life type pooing and then like a phantom pooer <laughs> whose mission in life is to randomly shit around the library. <laughs> yeah, people do all sorts, I guess... In a way, it's kind of nice. People think of the library. They're so comfortable at the library. It's like their house. So is that like a so compliment? I can take my new girlfriend there. <laughs> I can shit in the corner. Woo, it's just like home. <laughs> On that note, yeah. Amy, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. And we'll see you soon. Farewell. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit us up on the social at BJ Macker and at The Mark of Hender. Have a great day.